Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to the new Jesus. Uh, let me do a little bit of review from last week. Last week we talked about a possible, and this is just me, this is not necessarily uh, science or scripture, but I believe it's in harmony with both. Alright? We talked about a possible correlation between how God made nature and physics. Things like gravity and uh, amplitude, frequency, wavelength, um, things like that. A possible correlation between those kind of things that affect how we live in the natural world and internal correlates to gravity, wavelength, amplitude in how we work spiritually and mentally. Primarily in that area of emotional well-being or not. Okay, and the not and the non-physical is always remember the parent of the physical. Uh, most of you probably are aware that splitting an atom releases enormous power. All right, that's the source of a nuclear or atomic explosion. All right, what we talked about last week, which is taking your problem, but instead of taking it as a whole which is much stronger with all its parts together, anything is, taking it apart, uh, just like almost like uh, removing protons, neutrons, or, or electrons from a cell or changing them to more electrons in that cell or less electrons in that cell. It affects how powerful the cell is. It also affects, the atom is, it also affects what kind of atom it is, alright? Is it a rock? Is it flesh and blood? Okay? Is it cloth? What is it? Alright? And just like splitting an atom releases enormous power that, de that then turns into a negative chain reaction, by splitting your problem into its 
four, five, six, seven, sometimes eight component parts, it, it releases enormous power in your mind, spirit, and body, but it reduces the power of the problem, okay? Because when you pull it apart, it's, it's less powerful. I mean, just think about it. If you take a stick, a, a little stick, say this big round, about as big round as my finger, that's really easy to break, right? But if you put six or eight sticks together of that same size, oh, it's impossible to break. You can't do it. You can bang it on your knee and all kinds of stuff. It's not going to break, all right? Well, some of our problems are have gotten really powerful. They're, they're a year old or they're decades old or they're as old as our life or they're even hundreds of years old, going back into our ancestry, the sins of the fathers, visited on the sons, etc. Okay? So some of those things, uh, they just grow in power year after year, decade after decade. Now sometimes they'll lose power over decades, but sometimes they'll gain power, depending on whether we um, affirm that as a part of me or not, typically. Okay, but when you pull the component parts of your problem apart into power, frequency, uh, which way you lean, all those sorts of things, the problem loses power, and as the problem loses power, we, your conscious mind, will, emotions, your physical body, your energy level, all of that, gains power. Okay? So that's the reason we went through all that, and we're not done with it yet. We're going to come back to that at some point, maybe, maybe next week or the week after. But then the secret of, of okay, well, 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 what determines all those components and how they fit together, and it being negative, a negative to me instead of a positive to me? What determines that? And we talked about how one of the, one of kind of the secret determinants is conscience and humility, okay? If you are living by your conscience, you're actively seeking direction from the law that is written on your heart, Romans 1, the gospel, so to speak, of love, all right? Uh, well, let me, let me retract that. Scripture does not say the gospel that's written on your heart. It says the law that's written on your heart. But I believe it's the law of love, which Jesus said the whole law is summed up in that. Okay, so that's why we went through that last week, was so you could pull your problem apart, make it much less powerful, much easier to deal with, much easier to heal one of those six or eight component parts than it is to heal the thing as a whole with all eight parts together, working together and resisting healing. And, and your unconscious mind does protect those negative memories and issues and problems from being protected as part of your survival instinct. Okay? So, whether you're listening and living by your conscience and humility, which means you believe the truth about yourself, which is that what God says about you is true, 
And if your feelings and emotions are different from what God said, it's your feelings and emotions that are wrong, not what God said in Scripture about who you are. And most of the clients that I've had over 30 years that were believers, Christians, followers of Jesus, they had all kinds of beliefs about themselves that were not true, as I used to as well. I'm not good enough. I don't measure up. I'm bad because I did this or that. All right? Um, so you got you to gotta get those component parts deal with one at a time where they're much easier to break, much easier to split, and then when the problem resolves, which means goes from, a, let's say, a, an 8 to a 1 or below, then power comes up, energy in my body, in my mind, uh, my emotions, my feelings, uh, brain state, hormones, everything. Okay? So, uh, just wanted to review a little bit and reaffirm why I took you through all that that's a little bit cumbersome. Because when you can't break through on a problem, nine times out of ten, if you break it apart into its component pieces, you can heal it that way. Even if you can't heal it when it's all together. Which is what most people try to do. Okay? Hope that makes a little bit of sense. Alright, let's turn to this week. Here's our postulate. Um, and please don't yell at me uh, yet until you understand why I'm saying this. Doing wrong is not your fault. You're not strong enough. And God knew that before you were ever born. But not choosing right is your fault. But it's one, of course, you can be forgiven of over and over and over. You'll always make mistakes. Um, but you need to shift your focus from doing right to choosing right. And I hope that makes sense as we go forward. All right. Everything boils down to your identity in one sense, okay? in a non-physical sense. And I would say that has to do also with worth. You can almost put slash worth, identity worth. As your worth goes, you tend to go. If there was one other component you want to add to that, it'd probably be safety, both physical and emotional. But your identity is absolutely crucial. Your true identity, I believe, and remember, you can disagree with anything I say, and I advise that. Don't believe anything just because I say it. Please, research it for yourself. Ask other people. Go to Scripture. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, etc. Your true identity is your soul and spirit without the influence of your flesh. Behavior is secondary. What you do or don't do is secondary, not primary. Relationships and pain-pleasure are the only things that are primary. Okay? The choice you make between relationships or seek pleasure, avoid pain, is the most fundamental choice you can make in your life. And typically you choose it 
30 times a day. Do I want to get up when the alarm rings? All right. Uh, behavior or relationships, pain, pleasure. So if I don't want to get up, that's pain, right? So if I stay in bed, I was living by pain, pleasure. Now that, that may not be any big deal at all. Another 10 minutes, another hour may not matter, but if it becomes something that is detracting from your life, a habit or addiction that you can't seem to change, okay, well, that means you are choosing pain pleasure, okay, over possibly relationships, okay? Now, that's probably a bad example because, you know, when the alarm goes off getting up, that's not really a relationship pain pleasure sort of thing, okay? How is getting up or not getting up de-emphasizing relationships? Well, there may be a way it does, like my wife doesn't want me sleeping that late, or I promised her I would do something in the morning, and now that my alarm goes off, I'm not wanting to do it. So instead of honoring that relationship and submitting to her out of empathy, which we've talked about the last two weeks, I choose me and the pleasure of staying in bed another hour, all right? Now, a better example is do I spend time with Hope or do I watch uh, TV all the time, okay? Do I put my interest first or her interest first and in the interest of my boys? Do I put my interest first or yours? What is best for you, even if it maybe is not what's best for me, okay? The choice you make between those is your most fundamental choice after is there a God or not and am I, what is my relationship with him, okay, once I've gone there and realized, okay, I need to be, I need to commit to love, I need to be right with God, right with Jesus, that was on our front screen, right, those four things to guaranteed success, right? If I'm committed to that, then I'm always saying, okay, what is the relationship choice here? And that's to go ahead and get up, maybe, all right? It's to uh, give my wife the last piece of chicken. It's to uh, spend time helping her in the kitchen or whatever instead of watching the ball game. I mean, it's a thousand things. It's telling her the truth versus lying to her. It's taking out the garbage, which is my job, but it can also be painful, all right, taking out the garbage because it's an unpleasant thing to do, all right? Or am I going to prioritize my commitment to hope? And I don't care if it's painful. I'm committed to this, not this, all right? And, and, Everything in your life, in one way, shape, form, or fashion, especially when you take the components apart, like we talked about last week, tends to come down to that. Are you committed in prioritizing relationships, committed in prioritizing what you want, seek pleasure, and avoid pain? And there's times for you to, to do pleasure, okay? I love ice cream. I think it's great to eat ice cream but not a gallon a day, every once in a while. All things in balance, all right? You know the passage from Scripture. Uh, stay in balance because, why? Because the devil 
as a roaring lion is going around seeking whom he may devour. And evidently from the passage, what he's looking for is someone out of balance. And that can be diet, that can be lust, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. It can be, uh, you can be addicted to reading books. Now, reading books is a wonderful thing to do. But you can get addicted to it where it really detracts from your life. It becomes an escape, not just a pleasure to read the book. Alright, so balance is a critical issue. Okay. Um, okay, next slide. In this life, on this earth, in this body, our unconscious mind treats behavior as primary. Now, the last slide, remember, said behavior is not primary, relationships are. Well, this life and the physical and external and our flesh treats this life as primary. Uh, it treats behavior in this life as primary. What you do or don't do. Good boy or bad boy. Hope. Good girl or bad girl. She had a revelation like uh, 12 years ago. Just started weeping and then, and then was so grateful that she had found it. And then we worked and healed it. And it was the biggest issue of her life. And she'd never realized it till she was like 45 years old. And it was that everything in her life pivoted on whether she was a good girl or not good enough. And basically her entire life, almost every single day of her life, she felt not good enough. Now, most people, it's a back and forth, and it was with me. I do good, I feel good about myself, but maybe not good enough, because as we talked about a long time ago, I, to, to feel good about myself, I may need to do good 90% and bad only 10%, but I can't get to 90%. I can only get to 80. Well, then I feel like I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. All right? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's a lie. And it's a lie that is um, specific to this life and your fleshly body and the physical, external earth that we live in. The point of this life, so this life and our unconscious treats behavior as primary, but the point of this life is not behavior, which is tied to the flesh and pain pleasure, because we won't have that flesh in the next life. Okay? In this life, I mean, Scripture calls the flesh the old man, right? That has to be killed. Alright? It has to be done away with. That's what baptism, uh, to uh, be buried with Christ and then raised as a new being, uh, sin-free and right with God, etc. Alright? That's, that's, that's what we're doing, okay, as believers in Jesus. But in the next life, we won't have this body, okay? We'll have a different body indicated by Scripture. Still a body, but a different body. And the body that we'll have, evidently, if we're in heaven, we will not have any pain, we will not have any fear, 
we won't be injured, we'll live forever, there's no night, <laughs> there's no sorrow, no tears, no, you know, none of that angst and stress, okay? So, in this life, we're largely programmed and determined and the impetus for what we think, do, brain state, hormones, everything, if we're not really, really careful, tends to be the flesh because our unconscious and this life wants us to treat behavior as primary, only it's a lie. It's not. In the next life, what's important is love, which we will have in the next life, if we choose it in this one. It's amazing to me how for years and decades I would sin believing 100% that it was my idea and, my, and completely my decision and all of that, which I do not believe is true today. Satan and Satan's demons tend to speak in your own voice. So when you have that thought, you think it's you having it. Okay? Not Satan or a demon. Well, what if you knew that was Satan or a demon? The unseen became seen, and you could see Satan, or you could see the demon, like Eve did in the Garden of Eden, or other places in Scripture. All right. Well, chances are, if you could see him or her, you wouldn't do it. But, but we don't think that way. We think that's, that's not Satan, that's not a demon, that's me. All right? And that's where we get trapped. It is not you. Okay? That's Romans 7. What I do is not what I want to do. What I do is what I don't want to do, and I do it over and over and over and over and over again. When this happens, it's not me doing it. It's sin living in me. Paul, Romans 7. So it's either Satan and a demon, or it's sin living in you. Alright? Well, what is sin living in you? It's a memory, I believe, of that has a lie in it. It's a memory that has a lie in it, and the lie produces pain or fear or a desire for pleasure that would not be healthy for me, which is either eating a gallon of ice cream a day or doing pornography or having an affair or stealing or lying or a, a whole bunch of other things, okay? Uh, example, lust is a brother or sister to love. Right? Love is the fruit of the Spirit, right? Galatians 5, fruit of the Spirit is love. And I'm told that the, in the original documents and language and context, the way it reads, is the, is the fruit of the Spirit is love expressing itself as joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. So the seed and the root is love that everything good and beautiful and light and love grow out of. In the same way, everything negative comes from a root of fear. 
Okay, well, should we be surprised when in Scripture 365 times I'm told by scholars, God says, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. And in our health and emotional well-being, everything negative comes from fear. And, and research tells us over 90% of the things that we are worried and afraid about never happen. Well, how did that happen? We got tricked! Satan tempts us into doing the sin, and then he beats us over the head with guilt and shame for having done it. And then the pain of the guilt and shame cries out for some kind of relief, so I do it again because I, it gives me a little pleasure or pain relief. So I do it again because I'm feeling so horrible from the guilt and shame and that I don't measure up and I get into this vicious negative cycle, all right? Which is Satan's entire plan as far as how to trip every one of us up. Uh, I don't believe God lets him, you know, punch me in the nose, but he can lie to me. And he is the father of lies in Scripture. And those lies are the source of your health problems. They're the source of, uh, of uh, sadness, fear, anxiety, anger, irritation, frustration, rejection, low self, uh, all of it. Okay, so you got a root of love, root of, root of fear, and the items on the root of fear are the, basically the opposite. Brother and sister, flip side of the coin to the virtues that grow out of love. Every love-based emotion has an evil fear-based brother or sister. All right? So when you feel anger, also flip that upside down and say, okay, wait a minute, I'm feeling anger, but the flip side of that is patience. So can I shift that anger energy to patience? And you may not be able to do it by your willpower. You may not be able to do it until you heal some of this stuff or God touches you and, heal it and heals it, but you can heal it. All right, either God touching you or using things that we've talked about here that, to me anyway, all came either from Scripture or the leading of the Holy Spirit, and then science is in harmony, true science, with Scripture. Okay, so when you feel the negative emotion, intentionally try to shift to the positive of that same thing. That same energy can be used for patience that you're allowing to be used for anger. And the source of, of most of those things is being tricked into believing that's my idea when in fact it wasn't. It was either Satan's, a demon's, or, or a lie living in me in my memory bank somewhere, even if it's passed down from my ancestry. I would say intentionally decide and commit, if you believe what we're talking about, to create love and receive love from God every day, every hour, 
okay? Your heart and mind's miraculous potential is more than the potential and capacity of the entire internet, the latest research proves. Over one quadrillion bits, okay? God made us with the most advanced emotion feeling creator that exists in the world, okay? The human mind, heart, and body can on demand produce joy, produce anxiety, produce... Now, yeah, it's related to things that happen. It's related to our internal programming, but it happens all the time, constantly, day in, day out. So, if your intention is just to get through your day, well, okay, then you're probably going to be doing some good, some negative, okay, some lies, some instant gratification, some sin, some good too, and you're going to keep experiencing whatever you've been experiencing in your life, which may be really good, okay? But, is it as good as it can be? And to me, the answer to that is typically no. On, on, a, on a metaphorical minus 10 to plus 10 scale, okay, I would guess that most of my clients that have come to me over the last 25, 30 years would have rated their life overall at about a minus 3 or 4, something like that. Okay, uh, I used to be at like a minus four, something around there, four or five. Hope was like eight, nine, minus a negative eight, nine on a minus 10 to plus 10 scale. What do you think it feels like if you go from minus four in emotional, spiritual, mental well-being from minus four to plus seven, which is last time I tested where I am now, or like from hope to minus eight or nine to like a plus six. The only way I, there's no words to describe it. You have to experience it. But it is, man, you talk about getting a thrill from a roller coaster. No roller coaster can compare to the thrill of going from living in fear to living in love. And the and things that come from those two roots, all right? So, measure and create love. How do you do that? Well, I would go through your genealogy, take a look at all your relatives, friends, things like that, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and rate each one of them. Okay, John, my relationship with John on a minus 10 to plus 10, I would say is, uh, Minus four, because John did me wrong, all right? Well, that minus four is putting me into stress and could be doing it 24-7. The latest research says that 67% of us have an unresolved trauma that is, that is juicing us. It's, it, it's punching our stress button, the hypothalamus, over and over and over and over and over. And it's not that we're sinning necessarily that many times a day, but we have these memories with lies in them that are resonating their negative stress signal to the brain, 
which then shifts us into stress. Okay? But there is no emergency. It's just negative internal programming, those lies of the heart, those, that sin living in me that has never been given to God, never been addressed and healed. Never been pulled apart and addressed component by component. It's we, we try not to think about it, thinking if I don't think about it, it won't bother me. Well, we used to believe that's true. Today we know it's not. Whether you're thinking about it or not, that programming, that negative fear-based programming, sends a signal to the hypothalamus and it can keep you in stress literally all the time. In fact, the latest research says we're going there eight to 10 times a day or more. We're living there. Something that's supposed to happen once or twice a year. We have really devolved as far as our mental and spirituality uh, as far as love and fear, all right? Um, we've devolved into more and more and more fear. How that happened, we talked about several weeks ago. Each generation adds their stuff to the past generation and then passes it on to the next generation. All those, uh, all that negative programming, fear, etc. We have 20 to 90,000 thoughts a day, and the research says 80% of them are the same negative thoughts that we had yesterday. You're not addicted to the habit and addiction, and almost everyone has one, all right? 100% of people have a negative habit in their lifetime. I think the research is about 80-something percent have a negative habit at any given time. And as far as addiction, that's about 40% of people. But you can have what I call a popsicle memory that you're not even aware is a trauma that's, that's causing the addiction. All right, and habit. So you're not really addicted to the habit and addiction, you're addicted to the chemicals that the addiction triggers in your brain and nervous system. Okay? So that's that's a really good thing to remind yourself of the next time you're about to act on a negative habit or addiction and feel helpless, like a puppet on a string kind of, is wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's, it's not the ice cream, it's not the porn, it's not the, it's the chemicals that are getting me. Well, that's just like taking drugs, right? Yeah, it is, like, just like taking drugs that you shouldn't be taking that are harmful for you, okay? Well, <laughs> if you think taking the drugs is going to hurt you, are you going to start taking them? Are you going to keep taking them? Well, for these issues, we don't think of it that way. We think the habit and addiction is what we want, so we never identify the true thing that's causing the problem, and so we never fix it. But if you remind yourself, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, before I do this, I'm not really wanting that. I'm wanting the chemicals. All right? Well, that's, that's the same reason you don't take meth or uh, heroin or cocaine because it's illegal and it's not good for you, right? Well, same thing here. Those chemicals are not good for you. 
all right? They may feel good. They may diminish the pain or give you some pleasure, but over time, they can kill you, okay? So remind yourself what the real issue is the next time one of these negative thoughts have you acting in a negative way. And again, the problem is not here, the behavior, the problem's here. But this 20 to 90,000, you're still going to have 20 to 90,000 thoughts, but you can change that with some healing that we do from 80% negative to 80% positive. And that'll make a life-changing difference too. Okay, stress versus love. Stress from fear. The other name for the stress response, well, there's several. Fight or flight is probably the most common. Uh, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis is the clinical name. Say that five times fast. Uh, the stress response is, is the name, and the fear response is the name. All right, all of those represent fight or flight or stress. All right, so let's take a look at stress or fear versus love. First of all, stress is concerned with circumstances, physical and external circumstances. Do I have the TV I want? Do I have the recliner I want? Do I have the drink and the food I want? Do I have the wife and friends I want? Do I have the hobbies I want? Can I do what I want today, um, etc. circumstances. Love is also about circumstances, but more internal circumstances, and then as far as physical and external, it's like 99% relationship. Not recliners and food and drink and cars and money and all that, okay? Number two, stress. Fear and a focus on me and what I want. Self-interest, fear and self-interest, okay? Love relationships and others. Stress, life or death. In fact, that's the only time uh, fight or flight is supposed to happen is if your life is in imminent danger in the next 10, 15 minutes for you to end up possibly physically dead. So stress is concerned with physical life or death, love with spiritual life. Stress, control. Why? To control the, the results. To control the results. To get the results that I want from the day, from my job, from my relationships. To get what I want from that. Okay? And that's how I measure it. Am I getting what I want? If not, then something better change. Where over here, you may not be getting the, the pain-pleasure stuff you want, but that's not your, that's not, that's not what you're trying to do, all right? You're trying to trust, which is belief, okay? Under the umbrella of belief is faith related to the past, trust related to the present, hope related to the future, but all belief, to believe the truth, to believe in Jesus, to believe in God, to believe in Scripture, to believe in the Holy Spirit. To okay? So, over here, control. Over here, belief in what is true. Stress. Concerned about emotions. Love about feelings. Talked about that uh, 
long time ago, all right? Feelings come from the heart, unconscious. Emotions are more about um, uh, physical and external circumstances. And your conscience, not, not your conscience, your conscious mind. Conscious mind, will, and emotions. I would say that is what soul is. Conscious mind, will, and emotions. Well, feelings don't come from there. They come from unconscious, subconscious, generational. They come from the spiritual heart, as Solomon called it 3,000 years ago. Stress. The only reason you're having stress, if you're not in a life-threatening situation, is because you have untrue thoughts, which I believe Paul called sin living in me. And the problem is always an untruth. Over here, true thoughts and taking thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Stress, focused on pleasure and pain. Love, focused on, instead of pleasure, wait. Wait on the Lord. And you will exchange your strength for God's strength. You will mount on wings of eagles. You'll walk in and not faint. I'm sorry, you'll, you'll walk and not grow weary. You'll run and not faint. How? By waiting and exchanging my strength for God's strength. And that's also why it's not about behavior. I don't have enough strength. I'm not strong enough. And, and, and once I get in Jesus and led by the Holy Spirit, I know I'm not strong enough. And I also know from trying to do good enough over and over and over and never being able to do it. And I probably still couldn't today if I had that 90%. I had to... I had to get up to. I don't know that I could do that today. All right? So, when I was in my 20s, the re I, couldn't measure, I couldn't reach that 90%, and it made me feel like I was a bad person. I didn't measure up. I was lost. I was, But that is in conflict with Scripture. And when I disagree with God, I'm the one wrong. Not God. Okay. Uh, pain. Pleasure instead of pain. Because I know Galatians uh, 1, I believe, that passage that all of us have had problems with, I think, sometime in our life, count it as joy when you have pain and suffering. Why? Because if you'll give it to God, He's going to bring out the absolute best, perfect version of you through the pain and suffering, if you'll give it to Him. And we talked about uh, Oswald Chambers talking about 2 Corinthians 4.10 in a big way as far as that's concerned. If you will give that pain and suffering to God, then Jesus will move to the forefront of your life, and the life of Jesus will manifest in your physical body. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's only over here, not over there. Okay? Over here, it's just pain. That's it, with no meaning. Over here, it's pleasure, even if there is pain too, because I know this is not just pain for pain's sake. This is pain that God is going to use to make me a better version of me. Okay? And you. All right, stress. All about an re end result. Love, all about the best result. This result is usually the pain-pleasure one I want. 
This one is, um, your will be done, Father, even if it's not what I want. Under stress, you go through all this, and then repeat. In love, you go through this, and you don't just repeat. It's an adventure every single day. Two days are never the same, and, and, and even if they are about the same, going through it in love, joy, peace versus stress, anxiety, anger, etc. is a night and day difference. I can do the exact same thing all day long. And if I do it from here, it was a bad day. If I do it from here, it was a good day. And I feel it. I'm not just saying that. I feel it. Okay? How can that be? How can doing the exact same activity be painful and bad feeling or good and I'm at peace? It's the same behavior because, it's, because, what, because of where we started. On this earth, to Satan and his demons, etc., yeah, it's about behavior, and this earth, this flesh, to God it's not. It's about the internal, the spiritual. This flesh is only temporary. Okay, so which are you doing? And how big a difference would it make if you could go from living 10% over here to living 1% over here? How about if you're living 30% over here and 70% over here? How big a difference would it make to go from 30% over here to 10% and from 70% over here to 90%? Make a huge difference. What if over here, you're like, you're like that last slide? For the average person, we have 90,000 thoughts a day. 80% of them are negative. So what if you went from living over here 80% of the time, as the research says most people do, to living over here 80% of the time? Well, let me just tell you, you will not recognize yourself. And possibly, others won't either. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you talking about? I don't know. You're doing something different. There's something about you. And they may even say, but if they don't say it, I guarantee you they're thinking it. And I want some of what you've got. That's why they keep asking you these questions. All right? And you will never, if you ever get there, you will never go back. The key, as we talked about last week, and I think the week before, you need to have empathy not only for others, put yourself in their shoes, and as the empathy grows, the love grows. Love, empathy is a measure of love. So you need to empathize with your flesh and with yourself just like you do with other people, okay? You're supposed to love yourself, okay? Uh, Love others as you love yourself. Well, you can't do that if you don't love yourself. 
all right? So you're supposed to love yourself. Well, how do you do that? Empathize with your flesh and yourself, just like you do with other people, and then submit to internal love rather than internal fear. Satan's voice that you now recognize that is not me, that is either sin living in me or Satan and a demon. That is not, it's not about the habit or addiction. It's about the chemicals. I'm not going to live just for this flesh and external circumstances when all of that is just temporary and is not even going to exist in the next place. I'm going to live for love and the spiritual, which will exist for millions and millions of years and, and will also be the basis on which I'm judged, etc. Okay. So, how are you doing? Are you living empathy and submission or manipulating to get your way and what I want when I want? Well, um, I believe God wants you here, focused in love, focused on what is unseen, and focused on the next life where we don't have this flesh and we don't have to worry about the stress because there is no stress there. Okay? So, uh, empathy and submission, absolutely critical to living your life based on not behavior, but choice. Choose empathy and submission rather than self-interest and what I want. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, blessed day.